Dr. Jonathan Trevor, thank you very much indeed for talking to me today in the Judge uh, Business School Window on the World podcast. I know you've been doing some research on strategic pay. What have you found? Um, well, I've um, I found that things aren't always what they seem. <laughs> um, in particular, uh, I think a really good question is, uh, well, we need to define what strategic pay means, but, but there's a really important question that I think all organisations should ask themselves in relation to pay, pay being, of course, a, a very important aspect of employment and a, a, a really important aspect of, of indeed, organisational uh, governance. Um, and that is, we know what you say you do, but do you do what you say? Okay, so what should people do or what should they say that they do? Well, um, there's a whole lot of theory that, um, that contends that pay um, is actually a strategic tool uh, that organisations can use in order to leverage behaviours that in turn benefit uh, uh, the organisation in terms of performance. Um, So actually it's a strategic management tool. Now you have to understand pay wasn't always this. Pay uh, was uh, in the past traditionally just the necessary cost of hiring labour. It was a cost of doing business. Uh, You paid your money to a foreman or whomever distributed the pay in the form of uh, weekly earnings uh, to a work group or a gang, uh, if you will, um, on the production line. And in effect, they came in, they did a preset uh, amount of work. Pay didn't vary. It was just one lump sum um, on a weekly, monthly or yearly basis. Or coercion or it was through inducement. Uh, We are moving more towards the inducement model, which is to say the carrot and not the stick. And the carrot are incentives. And that's not an executive compensation or an executive pay issue that is for you me that is for the sales guy who works in the local garage or it is for a research and design person working for work say smith klein or unilever or whomever um this is now pervasive practice see some incentives for all employees and not just the few at the top but wouldn't people still point their finger and say well the word incentive applies to the top guys it doesn't apply to us the workers but you've rightly pointed out the salary bill is billions of pounds for the majority of the workforce. Why do you think people think there is an imbalance in the economy today in terms of pay? Um, I think because historically we are without precedent when it comes to executive pay and the levels that are are currently being awarded to to executives. And uh, uh, we we have pushed through any sort of ceiling that we knew of before that we were comfortable with. Um, And we do see that uh, executive pay is outstripping um, by factors sometimes well, gosh, many, many percentage points, hundreds of percentage points um, in comparison to average rises or increments of, of all employee pay. Um, uh, but you, you raise a good point, I mean, in very many ways, and I, I'm, I'm trying to steer us away from executives in a sense because I think there is too much attention on that. Um, it's important to focus on the all employee pay because there are two perspectives. The first is we believe that we should incentivize not simply the top employees executives but also everybody else and so we invest a great deal of time effort in constructing systems to do precisely that incentive systems we also spend a great deal of money on incentives that could otherwise be spent elsewhere and that relates to the second point so that's a value added or a value creation point around performance maximization through incentives which is an hr mechanism the second perspective is to say well actually pay for all employees, and not just executives, but all employees, represents often the single largest operating cost for any business, any organisation, public sector or private sector. Now, we need to be really careful how we manage that spend. And actually, 
we're perhaps not as smart as we think we are. And you seem to be arguing in favour of incentives, whatever level they're at, that actually get the pay right in the company from top to bottom and actually get your product right and you get your profitability right as well. Uh, No, no, actually I'm not. Um, I'm saying that's what uh, prescriptive advocates of of strategic pay would argue. What I'm actually saying, and and you're exactly right in, in terms of the caveat you applied, if you get it right then it can have these positive effects. Um, I would argue that companies cannot get it right. They can only really get it wrong. Why? Um, I believe that these systems are largely unmanageable. We overestimate our managerial capability. We overestimate our ability to manage these very complex incentive systems and all that they require in terms of managerial time, effort, energy, uh, but also planning. Um, and as such, they often seem to do precisely the opposite of what they're, intent- what they're supposed to do, what the intention is. The intention is to uh, foster a climate of positive employee relations. Uh, it is to drive performance through uh, enhanced productivity. It is through, uh, to encourage behaviours that are complementary, so uh, innovative behaviours or creativity. Um, actually, uh, more often than not, I believe that these systems um, are implemented poorly and as such, instead of getting it right, companies get it wrong. And when you're dealing with pay, you only get one chance to get it right. Uh, So you better make sure that you do. If you get it wrong, then it can all fall apart. Then I have to ask the additional question, do we know how to get it right? Or is it still a bit of a mystery? I'd say it's a total mystery, Bonnie. Um, I'd say that um, we position these things as management science. Actually, it's it's more of an art, um, and it's an art that is necessarily idiosyncratic based upon the experiences of each and every firm. And indeed, sub um, divisions or sub parts of the sub organization of, 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 of firms. Um, so from a managerial perspective, it's incredibly complex. It's a very complex system um, that often seems to go wrong, very rarely seems to go right. When it does go right, we don't, in a sense, perceive that we receive all of the benefits that we, we feel we should uh, pay. What I'm saying, in effect, often seems to fall short of the promise. Um, and yet we invest so much time and effort. And I'm really asking the question, given that it always seems to fall short, given that often it doesn't seem to do anything at all, and equally that it can produce some very negative unintended consequences or outcomes, um, is pay really worth the risk, uh, trying to use pay strategically? Can we not just take it out of the equation? That's a controversial view, uh, because an entire industry now built around uh, helping companies uh, manage their pay strategically, and indeed that notion of strategic pay has become the received wisdom both in theory and also practice. So I slightly feel like I'm swimming against the tide. Or or an innovator in terms of pay. But surely that must also relate to the size of a company. The bigger you get, the more difficult it is to get salary structures right. Whereas if you and I were running a small business, uh, we'd work it out between ourselves, perhaps. Well, I think you raise an an excellent point. In a sense, what companies are trying to do with pay is is achieve exactly what you've talked about. Uh, If we were a small company, you and I would sit down and we'd have a good conversation. What I'd be trying to get from you, Bonnie, in terms of your behaviours would be to secure your commitment, your loyalty, your productivity. And if you weren't doing, in a sense, if you weren't working in a way that I thought was complementary to the success of the business, I could set you right. Now, can you do that with more than 500 employees? Actually, no, let's think about that. Can you do that with more than 50,000 employees operating in multiple locations throughout the world, doing different jobs uh, in different cultures, different occupations, at different levels of the organisation? Of course not. So actually... In lieu of that conversation that you and I can have in a small organisation, we use pay to elicit precisely those same outcomes. Um, 
And what I think I'm saying is really it's very limited in its capacity to do that. Or still mysterious and needs further research by you. Well, um, there's certainly a career's worth of research in it. So I'm, I'm, I, I like the direction you're going with that. But um, I think actually my research to date, and if I'm being very honest, would indicate that we've actually gone down a wrong track. I think because of theory and our current theorising, we, we've actually embarked on a, on, a, on a path down a cul-de-sac. And I think we actually need to look very long and hard as, as to why we think what we do in relation to pay and its potential to be a strategic value-adding activity and perhaps even review whether or not um, we, we, we need to start afresh with a different perspective on the role of pay in organisations. So if I was an HR manager, give me a, a different perspective. I want to start work tomorrow morning. What should I do? Well, I would say think very long and hard about scrapping your strategic pay systems i would say actually i would ask you a series of questions and my questions would be this what is it you want to um, elicit from your strategic pay systems and the standard answer would be all of those things i've just mentioned commitment loyalty behaviors and productivity and i would say is it pay do you think that really elicits those behaviors all existing research both my own and others um, indicates that pay both in the form of incentives, uh, but also just as a standard base pay, is not what motivates people on a day-to-day basis. It is no substitute for plain, good people management. Um, And I can't emphasise that strongly enough, even though that's a bit of a no-brainer answer. But that's the reality. Pay is, I believe, hygiene. Um, I don't believe that it it motivates people to perform um, any harder. I think really what does that, perhaps in some roles it does, and and financial services and sales are obvious examples with tangible outcomes that one can measure and incentivise on a short-term basis. But for the vast majority, and by that I mean 90% of roles in modern services-based organisations, it it simply isn't appropriate. What elicits those outcomes is not pay, it's rather me sitting down with you, Bonnie, and having a really great conversation and, and inspiring you to perform, uh, not incentivizing you to, to perform. Or perhaps having a creative, exciting job and having a, a bit of a laugh with the others. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, as was said uh, by Hertzberg, um, and, you know, which is perhaps set for a bit of a revival. Um, if you want somebody to do uh, meaningful work, give them meaningful work to do. And, and indeed, I think that absolutely applies. Um, indeed, you know if work is interesting and stimulating and if all the conditions of workplace um you know motivation are there such as affiliation um uh, having an excellent relationship with one's line manager but also colleagues um, would you need to incentivize somebody um so there's maybe something in that i don't know further research is needed dr jonathan trevor thank you very much indeed for talking to us today in the judge uh, business school window on the world podcast thank you very much